Geek Nerdery. Player one, press start to play. was the days before Christmas, and while Santa slept, in his house an evil plot was brewing, created by Laus the Mouse. A motley crew of creatures took part in this twisted plan, including Mr. Weather, the Mouse, and the evil Snowman. All across the wide world, his elves were hard-working, operating special machines made just for toy-making. When the cold, evil Snowman scared all the elves away, the timekeeper stole parts from machines that same day. But for the vicious mouse, this wasn't enough. I'll show them. I'm going to play rough. He stole the kids' presents and cursed them with a spell. That's when Santa woke up, sensing all was not well. All the elves are gone, and Christmas draws near. But there's much worse than that to fear. Give Santa the potion to drink and he'll change. He'll become anti-claws on a rampage of rage. He'll break the toys. He'll ignore his good work. Could it be Santa is just a fat jerk? You must help Santa find his way. Fix all the toys and take off in his sleigh. Through 24 levels, you'll put up a fight. Can you help save Christmas? Let's find out tonight. Well, everyone, welcome to episode number 19 of Graveyard Duck Podcast. As always, my name is Scott. And I'm Wes. And I would just say, uh, for those of you who celebrate such things, Merry Christmas. Um, kind of going to call this our Christmas episode, although we're a good week, week and a half early. But um, okay. it's fine. not going to record another one until after Christmas. So um, we thought, why not take advantage of this and come up with some sort of a Christmas themed video game for our mm -hmm. retro gaming podcast. You did a pretty good job coming up with a horror one for Halloween. So well, let's was... keep it up and go with another holiday. Um, although this one didn't come to mind near as easily, did it? <laughs> no, because, you know, I was trying to, and we were both trying to think of a sort of a holiday themed game, uh, you know, along, along the lines of the retro systems that we talk about. And there's not really that many of them. I mean, obviously you know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so I was thinking, well, you know, there's Die Hard on the NES and whatever, but I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and and that kind of went down a whole rabbit hole of similar to what my wife and I do, where we love our non-traditional Christmas movies, and 
there's basically a video game version of a lot of those movies. We could have done Batman Returns or Home Alone or about Batman Returns for a little bit. I like that game a lot. Yeah, uh, and and that fits obvious choice. Um, And then yeah, you mentioned you know Die Hard the game. So there there's things like that. I think there's a Gremlins game for the NES. Like that would have that would have worked too. I think right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And I I like uh, you know obscure niche type things and. Um, I, I think you were the one that kind of stumbled across this, right? Yeah, and niche is definitely the word to describe it. Um, as you saw from the title of the podcast, we're talking about the game Days Before Christmas. Mm. That um, the the release of this is a little bit fuzzy because of just well us over in the states not really ever getting full access to it. But my understanding was that it was originally released in Australia in mm-hmm. 1994, um, and it was originally a Genesis Master System game. Mm-hmm. And later that year, they decided to make another port of it for the Super NES that hit Australia and Europe, but mm-hmm. it never made it to Japan or the US or anywhere outside of those two countries. So uh, for our Australian listeners and our European listeners, I'm sure you may be more familiar with this game to anybody else. Uh, unless you're playing around on emulators or are just really into some obscure games, you probably have never heard of this one. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. And it was, uh, I think it was kind of a surprise to both of us, really, because, um, you know, it was something that kind of fit the bill when we were looking for it and something to talk about. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, again, one of the things I like doing on the show is sort of discovering. Uh, games that I haven't played from this era, and uh, I think this fit the bill to a T. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If you had told me that you had already like played this and were well familiar with it, I'd you know maybe just quit the show at that point and say there's nothing else to talk about. But um, yeah, no, right. Yeah. So for those of you, which I'm guessing is most of you who are not aware of kind of what this game is, um, the general story is that. Um, that this evil snowman weather monster has gone to the North Pole and basically transformed all of Santa's elves into presents, I think. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's up to Santa to go around starting December twenty first or December first. You have twenty four levels, twenty four days. The little map is kind of an advent calendar, which is kind of cute and clever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're basically trying to recapture all of your elves gather presents um basically saving christmas defeating bosses along the way for some reason i don't know why yeah i there there's a bit of a story to it because uh um you've got like you said the evil snowman and then there's uh, uh mr weather and there's louse the mouse yeah and um there's the timekeeper oh yeah the giant clock for some ah, reason yeah so sure. it's it's got kind of a, a little bit of a um, you know backstory established uh, with with some clear villains uh, to to Santa Claus. <laughs> kind of, I want I want to see the Doctor Seuss version of this like animated it, on TV. <laughs> I know it's very close to to a Doctor Seuss one. So or a Wizard of Oz story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bomb. So um, yeah, it's. I, I mean, it's a very interesting premise. Like right then and there, it sounds like something that you know is very, uh, you know, drug inspired. Um, <laughs> but it's, the it's, gameplay it's it's sort of comical kids type um, freewheeling fun to it, I guess. 
It does. And it's, it's very interesting the way it actually plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading a little bit of trivia and one of the lead programmers for it said that a lot of the um, like coding that they use, this is from a, you know, I guess I didn't say this out first, but it's from Funcom mm-hmm. who they've made, you know, a dozen or so games. I'm guessing most of them you probably haven't heard of. They're still um, making games though. Are they still? Oh yeah. They have actually, it's really interesting. If you look up the, uh, um like the games that they've done you've probably played some of them i mean somebody has i'm sure but uh um most notably now they've done a lot of mmos uh mostly a couple of conan mmos huh, okay. so um it's really interesting that when they started out um this is from what i understand this is one of their first games um days before christmas and a dinosaur's tale on uh, yeah but then uh from there they ported samurai showdown and fatal fury special to the mega cd and then would go on from there and, um, you know, just kind of pick up some games here and there, um, NBA Hangtime, uh, Speed Freaks, things like that. But then more recently, um, they have an MMO, a PC MMO called Secret World Legends. Um, there's Conan, Exiles, um, Age of Conan, Rise of the Godslayer, Age of, Age of Conan Unchained, Dreamfall, The Longest Journey, um, which is a pretty popular adventure game on PC and Xbox. I've heard of it. I haven't played it. Um, Anarchy Online. I mean, so they've they've done a lot of interesting things, but um, this seems really out of out of their wheelhouse, I guess. But it's one of their first games too. Yeah, looking at their list of developed games, this is actually the first and only one I've ever played. Yeah, um, I've heard of some of them, but like I said, this yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So and what they use some of the source code from, like you said, one of their other games that they had made the uh, We're Back a Dinosaur Story. Yeah. Um, so if you're familiar with that game at all, maybe there's somebody out there who is. This apparently plays very similar. Mm. Um, it's it's your very standard kind of platformer game. Uh, Santa has, for some reason, magic dust that he can mm-hmm. throw out. Um, sure. It's like just a short-range projectile yeah. that damages enemies, turns them back into elves, or turns them into presents. And it's definitely not drugs of any kind. No, no. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, when you when you turn an enemy into a present, there's a chance that it's either going to be like a blue one, a red one, or a gold one, and they could have different things in them. Some of them are only worth points. Um, some of them drop a bomb that will hurt you. I don't understand why. Um, because bombs hurt. Sure. I yeah, that's <laughs> go with that. Obviously. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the biggest mystery to me with this game is like when some of them turn into elves that doesn't do anything no they just kind of run off yeah they're just like running around but they don't oh and don't forget some of them turn into the uh ricola horns yes <laughs> i know there's a specific name for them but that's that's what i'm calling them yeah um so it, it's weird that you're ca- recapturing elves but it doesn't really seem to do anything there's also as you're going around the levels uh you can find your reindeer are hidden and that's more it's not really a ricola horn it's more of a santa hat i guess that happens to be flickering yeah i i think that's what it's supposed to be but i was gonna let you have it you know what i call i still call it a ricola horn so (laughs) i mean come on we've played games for years there's got to be tons of items in games that you know you called them by the wrong thing for years and years that's part of the fun of it oh sure sure like i said i was gonna give it to you like you don't have to defend yourself i'm still gonna do it so okay (laughs) um and yeah, I think that the most notable thing about the items that you could find in this game is 
periodically you will find, uh, well, the instruction manual calls it a cup of tea. Wikipedia calls it a cup of coffee. And when you grab this, you turn into Santa's evil twin, Anti-Claus. Anti-Claus. Who is, he's like blue, has a blue suit. He basically looks like a red devil. He's got horns. Mm -hmm. Um, The advantage is you're invincible, but you can't pick up presents. You can't collect points. You can't get items. Um, and instead of throwing your magic, you just swing your bag of toys at enemies and, you know, smack them in the face with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the most random, what the hell kind of thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, And despite, you know, uh, other than the fact that it's really funny when he transforms, it's actually kind of worthless in the game. Well, it's it's a little bit of a detriment. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you, you can't get any points basically for right amount of time so or other items either so it's just kind right. of a okay yeah. temporarily i'm invincible but i don't really want to go anywhere because i want to collect these mm-hmm. things that the enemies are right. dropping so um i yeah. was really disappointed that it wasn't krampus you know i think it's kind of supposed to be especially given that it's more of a yeah you know probably. but uh, yeah i don't know what a weird game <laughs> yeah but it's fun though i mean i don't know and, and i mean that yeah but it, it definitely has that that mid '90s aesthetic to it, as far as a um, I wouldn't say it's really close to like a mascot platformer kind of game, but um, it's the kind of game that that's cartoony and doesn't take itself too seriously, but um, it's just bizarre enough to be kind of fun. Yeah, and I, I I would say that it does feel just like a mascot game, and yeah. it. Um... I think it's also kind of in that era where, I mean, I know that the NES had, you know, its fair share of oversaturation there toward the end, especially, but I mean, throughout its entire life, but I felt like the Super Nintendo did that almost to the Mm -hmm. nth degree where developers were starting to learn like, oh, it's actually not that expensive to make games. So Mm -hmm. let's just make all sorts of them. And like we were to the point where, I could go to the video store in the late eighties, early nineties, rent pretty much NES game, any NES game and have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. By the time super Nintendo was, you know, to this point, you know, 94, it's like, eh, you kind of got to be a little bit more uh, discerning with what you pick up. Cause some of these were real stinkers. Uh, and, just, I I mean, and I'm not going to say that they were all terrible games. And I'm also not saying that this was, but I, it, it felt like it was starting to get into that point of we're just making games cause we can, Mm. Um, and I think that this, you're right. This game was fun. Uh, it's incredibly simple, uh, mm-hmm. for, for 24 stages. Uh, I played through it in about an hour and a half, I think uh-huh. one yeah. sit, one sitting, um, I might have died once, but I think that was about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not what would be considered a challenge. And that that makes sense given the fact that this was probably the game that was marketed to kids of all ages. Um, sure. Your hardcore gamers probably were not picking up the Santa game, but um, I don't know. You never know. I mean, this is, to me, I think playing this in 2017 um, for the first time, this to me felt like the epitome of a really solid rental. And yeah. by that I mean this is a game that. Um, you know, probably back in the day, like you would have gone to the video store and, you know, whatever, whatever you wanted, let's say you wanted to rent Super Metroid and it was checked out, 
and you're kind of looking at everything else. And then this probably would have been like your, you know, your second choice, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's sort of the epitome of, of the classic rental where it's like, okay, I have this game for a couple of days or so. And it's just, it's pretty fun. And, you know, I get the mechanics of it and it's enjoyable. And it's, it's just fun enough that you enjoyed it for that, you know, 48 hours you had it, but you don't feel any need to go rent it again or go buy it. Um, it's probably, I would have, if it was on sale at the video store for like $10, I would probably buy it just to have it. Uh, that's a little bit overkill for me. I don't think I would have gone that far, but I'd um, say you know, it's just, it's not something that I would play all the time, but you know, once a year around the holidays, yeah, I would definitely fire this up. Yeah. And I think the length was good for, you know, the rental, like you said, and the challenge is appropriate. And, you know, I think what I was trying to get up before is not that it was necessarily only suitable for kids but you're going to have kids pick this up and right. play it so it has to be yeah, accommodating to I mean, yeah um so yeah i mean all of the bosses were you know slightly challenging for like a couple seconds when you got hit once or twice and then you quickly realize like oh it's incredibly patterned and mm. that you can make it through without any real issue um, yeah i mean if you played any other sort of platformer type game or anything. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to pick up. So, right. But that's fine. I mean, it's, it's exactly what, you know, what you would expect. So right. one thing that was interesting though, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, as far as it being pretty easy and it mostly is, um, what I noticed though is, uh, you know, cause you can take a certain amount of hits before you die. And I noticed in this game that, um, even if you have, cause your hit points are kind of distinguished by your little Santa hats up there. Right. And I noticed that in this game, um, if you go down to zero hit points, it doesn't actually kill you. Uh, you have one more hit point. So um, a couple of times I was just messing around with it and, um, you know, like I lost my last little Santa hat and I thought, oh, I'm dead. I actually wasn't. So it's like you have, you still have one more chance after you've exhausted all of your um, Santa hats up there, hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting, um, you know, as far as just the, uh, the ease of, of play, I guess. So. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to that. Pick up and play it. So didn't pay attention to that effect, so I didn't even realize that. Mm. Um, yeah. The, so the other thing I kind of brought up earlier too was the reindeer. Did you Ooh. understand any reason at all why you had to save them? Because again, they're kind of like hidden in these little secret spots. You've got to have the one power up that gives you the ability to shoot fire, so you can uh-huh. kind of melt ice to get to them. Sure. But it seemed like rescuing them didn't do a goddamn thing. No, it didn't. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, those those levels, actually, most of the levels, I guess, for the most part, are kind of maze-like in that uh, um, you're just trying to explore the level. There's not really a map or anything like that, but uh, you know, you're just trying to explore and collect yep. and things like that. And these cave levels where the reindeer are at, they're behind a block of ice or wall of ice, I guess. And like you said, you have to just kind of um, free them. But yeah, the first time that I, the first level I encountered that. It was funny because, like, okay, I I uh, melted the wall, and then I just walked up the reindeer and was like, that's not really doing anything. <laughs> so, uh, well, it just kind of disappears when you touch it. Right. And yeah, so, and I, I expected, like, oh, I'm supposed to collect these because they're not, like, everywhere. They're kind of hidden. They're kind of hard to get to. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this must be, like, you know, the Chaos Emerald thing. Like, if I can collect sure. all of them, like, I get yeah. something really cool. Yeah. And as it turns out, like there was one in a level a few stages later that I saw the reindeer behind the wall. I didn't have the fire. I couldn't get him. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I never found the fire in that stage. So I just completed the level without getting the radar. And I'm like, oh, that's going to like screw me. And it didn't seem to have any effect whatsoever. So, so it's just kind of optional then. Yeah. Yeah. But optional yet, I don't know what it actually gives you. So it's, <laughs> it's like the elves. It's just one of those things where yeah. here's an element in the game, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. It's, it's just kind of there. So yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, and I thought it would maybe change the um, the present stages, which we haven't talked about yet. Mm. So every fifth stage, or I think it was every fifth or so, um, the game completely changes, and instead of it being a side-scroller platformer level, you switch to kind of like a... Almost a like shoot. Kind of, yeah. Like you're, you're flying Santa's sleigh, mm. and like one stage is you're flying over Japan, one is over Russia, one is over U.S., and basically all of the presents that you've collected, you now have to drop through chimneys, like mm-hmm. paper paperboy style. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's like a mixture of paperboy and uh shoot 'em up a little bit. Right. So you're flying over over the city, uh dropping it into chimneys. There's different object or uh, obstacles that are flying at you, which mm. I, I wasn't sure if those were like funny or you know, sort pseudo racist. I don't I'm not sure, like, but yeah. there was it, I think it's just supposed to be kind of humorous and, um, you know, sort of indicate what city that you're in. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any malicious intent to it. <laughs> um, you're kind of loud. This game was made in 1994, you know? And it wasn't made by Americans, so it's probably fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I found those stages kind of refreshing and fun, and it's like, oh, this is this is different. And I didn't know anything about it going in. Um, like I said, I started playing this, and I didn't read the instruction manual before it or anything like that. So uh, the first time that that level showed up, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, it's a little different. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. I do like the, um, the little, uh, it's not really a sequence, I guess, but just the, the screen that you get before each level that um, after the little advent calendar, yeah, it kind of tells you what the name of the stage is, you know, like Santa's house or whatever. Um, but there's always like a, a fun little cartoon sort of um, drawing mm-hmm. in front of each of those. I thought that was kind of neat. I mean, you know, they're they're just done in a little humorous style and just like a little cartoon almost, a little single panel cartoon. Yeah, it's a very you know artistically pleasing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the instruction manual and just some of the artwork like that's printed is just is very comical it's a funny image of santa he's almost just like this goofy little caricature mm-hmm. uh, like the like the intro to a christmas vacation um, yeah. yeah oh very similar to that absolutely but um then well, yeah those you crouch i mean all you can see then is you can see the hat and you can see like a little pair of eyes peeking out of yep. it yep yep like yeah it reminds me of sna- big snake in the uh it reminded me of snake in the cardboard box but <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah, it's it's got some good humor and it's it's like I said, it's cute, it's fun, it's not it's not anything to write home about in terms of like an overall depth, but um it's just kind of here's some ideas that are enough to keep your interest through the game and um yeah, it's a very, very weird little thing to pick up. <laughs> right, yeah. No, and it's still but the levels themselves do have a, a fair bit of uh design to them as far as um like I was saying before, there's not really a map or anything, but um, there's a decent amount of uh, platforming stuff that you have to do to kind of figure out the right path to take, uh, which is kind of neat. So there's, you know, parts where you slide down candy canes or uh, swing across, um, you know, clocks or things like that and take these baskets and go up and down different things. So 
Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I I liked that the the stages felt like you were kind of going through a world, you know, and you're ultimately trying to get back to Santa's workshop. But um, a couple of the stages where you're in like a house and there's you know mice running around and things like that, like it it had a a very similar um, atmosphere to like Little Nemo. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the stages there where you're in the in the house or in the attic or whatever, like it kind of reminded me of that sort of a feel. Um, yeah. But um, I would say it's it's just very reminiscent of games of this era, like you know, Earthworm Jim and Boogerman and stuff like that, where you had these sort of um, you know sort of B team mascots in their own little games, and uh, I, it just it feels like a product of that time, which it totally is. But that's a good thing, though. I, I want an animated special that's just the Santa, though. I think that would be hilarious because, yeah, but it needs, uh, <laughs> he was just funny. Um, it needs Krampus and Anti Claus in it. Yeah, yes, it does. And um, I don't know. I think that you know what was his name, Mister Weather, or the big yeah anti weather guy. Like I, I think he was pretty cool. And you yeah, know, clock, yeah. Bring bring Clockface in. Like he's kind of uh-huh. fun. Again, yeah. I don't know why he exists, but I liked him. Timekeeper. Yeah, I mean it's. This is something that you know could lend itself pretty easily to a um, just a, a low budget animated holiday cartoon. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. All right. Well, um, I assume there were no regional differences that you found for this, considering we have Australia and we have Europe. Yeah, it's just the the UK and uh, PAL territories that got it. So apparently, we were supposed to get it, but it just never came to fruition. So uh, this would have been pretty by, late. Oh, by Funcom, but uh, published by Sunsoft. I remember right so yeah but yeah you're right it was pretty- um which of the two versions did you play i played the genesis version okay that's what i played too yeah because that's kind of the i guess sort of the the lead platform really yeah it seemed, seemed a little easier to find yeah but good lord uh, i looked at the prices of the actual um cartridge and it's uh incredibly expensive so yeah. which makes sense i guess because um i didn't realize how limited of a release this was um, a quick glance at Wikipedia and some other stuff on here kind of tells me that um, there was like a first pressing of this and then some kind of issue developed and there wasn't ever really a second printing at all. Hmm. So from what I understand, then this game is actually pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, was that the same for both the SNES and the Genesis or was one different than the other? Uh, from what I could tell, I think the Super NES one came later. But uh, even that was probably even a little bit more limited. Okay. Um, huh. I don't know. Um, oh, I did want to talk a little bit about some of the boss fights, though. I don't know if we mentioned yeah. those a little bit. But um, that's one thing. I don't know if it's every was it every 10 levels or just occasionally. I think it was every every fourth stage. Okay. No, is it, how, did, how did this work? Let's say there's 24 stages total. Mm-hmm. It, it was basically broken down into, what, four chunks or was it five chunks about five chunks. i think just maybe it's like every six levels or something 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 like that because you also right. had like or every fifth stage was a boss every sixth stage was the fly over the city yeah, something like that uh, but uh yeah those were actually kind of fun uh from from what i thought i thought the uh like the, the fight against mr weather was kind of fun yeah um, you know just because that's well that's more of like an end game one i guess but you know spoiler alert i guess but um, it was almost kind of a shoot 'em up a little bit, um, but then there's also the uh, the fight against the um, timekeeper was kind of interesting because it was kind of you could only hit it like he was rolling around this sort of half pipe, right? You want to hit him while he's rolling and things like that. So 
the the mouse louse the mouse who had to drop the weight on him. Yeah, that one re- definitely reminded me of like an earthworm gym kind of fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't just a you know running gun go hit him until he dies. Like well, he no, was kind of you think he's over on this other be. platform. Uh huh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I would say you think that's what it's going to be because you jump over there and try to hit him and it doesn't do anything to him. No, and he'll you know beat the shit out of you if he uh-huh. actually touched you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've, you've got to like jump to this other platform to like get his attention and then he chases you and you have to kind of like run away from him and get up on this, you know, platform above and hit a lever. So it drops a weight on him as he's walking back. And yeah. that's the only time he's vulnerable is after you hit him with the thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's very involved and intricate for, you know, a game that's relatively simple. Otherwise, uh, it took yeah, me several pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, and it was several rounds of dropping things on him before I realized like that wasn't actually hurting him. I had to then jump down and hit him with my Christmas spirit. <laughs> your uh, Christmas PCP is your uh, exactly sprinkling fairy dust on everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's got some neat things going on for it. It's not you know it's nothing super intricate, but you know it's it's a solid platformer. It's got some shoot 'em up type elements in a in a small way. It's got some boss fights and you know well, I don't know. I mean more than anything, I I would just say that it's the kind of game that I expected nothing out of. And, yeah. you know, when when we kind of were bantering about, you know, what we could do for a Christmas episode and we found this game that never even made it to the US mm-hmm. and was just so obscure. It's like this is gonna be just garbage. And I, I was really surprised to find out that it was actually fun. And and like I said, it's nothing I'm going to rush out and play again. I doubt next Christmas I'm even going to remember it or try to seek it out again. But, uh, you know, for, for the two hours that I sat down and played it, there were several moments where I was laughing out loud and mm-hmm. I was enjoying myself and, you know, having a good time. But, you know, so expectations being as low as they were, it turned out to be a pretty enter- entertaining little... uh discovery yeah oh absolutely i would definitely play this probably next christmas you know just enough time will have passed i'll be like yeah i'll fire it up again you know sure but you got me thinking now i really want to find a really bad game to cover on the show oh it's it'll happen we've covered so far has been stuff that we picked or um you know favorites of ours or whatever but uh we need to just find a real stinker it'll happen it'll happen let's not rush it (laughs) I'm going to pick uh, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball, maybe, or uh, <laughs> uh, Takeshi's Challenge. Ooh, that'd be a good one. You can play the NES X-Men game. Oh, God. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the first, the original uh, WWF Wrestling on NES. Was it WrestleMania? God, that was just shit. Oh, I liked that one. What? That was terrible. Yeah, is that the one where, like, when you hit things or hit your enemy, like, little music notes or... Right, yeah. Various... Yeah, yeah that was a good time. Around and just no, that's terrible. That's a god. I, I learned everything I know about WWF from that game. So you shut well, your mouth. You know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I still say I still say Bam Bam Bigelow is the best wrestler ever, just because of that game. Well, I don't know if it was that game. I think it's more of his his outfit with the flames on it that you know makes him go fast. <laughs> like he's tearing ass around that ring. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But no, this um, I think Days Before Christmas was just sort of the epitome of a, a solid rental. You know, yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't spend a lot of money on it, but it's 2017. I mean, if there's different ways that you can find to play this game, I would say 
it's enjoyable i thought yeah um, yeah I, I, that's about the perfect description to say it's a rental and it's mm-hmm. like yeah of, of all the ratings you could give a game in a modern time like that pretty much sums it up with that one word so yeah and i i think that's it, it's not a a slight against it at all but uh no i think that's what it is so no and, and i mean with us growing up in an era where there were what 800 nas titles and something yeah it's just like mm-hmm. so many freaking games out there that like yeah they're not all winners they're not all must owns right and when you consider the price of cartridges you know a at the time mm-hmm. but also prices of cartridges now with inflation and with you know the uh retro market like yeah this stuff's not cheap they're not all yeah. worth going out and buying um but there are some that are still worth playing and you know don't get me all sad you know about the fact that rental stores don't exist anymore because that's my you know real sore spot for me but um you know yeah yeah this is the perfect thing go pick this up just for a weekend and you know or or find a buddy that had it you know this would be the kind of game where it's like i don't want to own this but if i had a friend that did like i'd go over and like play it at his house you know and yeah no I, that's totally i mean that's a good analogy for it and i think it did even have a two-player mode to it as well so uh but it's, i don't think it's simultaneous i think it's alternating yeah, it seemed like it would be that kind of game, unless one of you gets to be, you know, anti claws. Oh, now see, that would have been cool if there was, <laughs> and then there was like a, a versus mode, you know, like uh, double dragon style, where then you could just play as like Santa Claus versus anti claws. Nice. I want to be the reindeer. Nope, you can't. You got to do a secret code. So, uh, but we put out a little bit over uh, today. I think it was I put out that we were uh, talking about the show tonight to see if anybody had had played it and shared their thoughts. And uh, uh, our uh, good buddy Nick Brown actually is a big fan of this game, and he kind of talked a little bit about it. He was saying that uh, it's hard to find a true Christmas-themed game that isn't just throwaway garbage. Uh, Nick says that Days Before Christmas has the advantage of being a competent platformer with surprisingly nice animation, plus it has a unique sense of humor lends to its tremendous charm, which I would agree with. Yeah. Um, The idea of Santa turning into a horned devil never fails to make me laugh. And the game always puts me in the Christmas mood. Its quality is somewhere between Boogerman and Earthworm Jim from the same era. And to me, that's a very good thing. We were just talking about that earlier. Um, yep. Nick goes on to say, there's not too much else to say about this. Um, what you see is what you get type game um, without getting the nuts and bolts. But I hope you found it as amusing as I did. I, you know, I think yeah, you know. Uh, uh, amusing is a, is a really good word for it because yeah. it's it does like I said, make you laugh. It's funny. And I mean, there's still things that I just don't understand. Like why the hell coffee turns Santa Claus into a devil? Like there's probably a reason, but I don't know what it is, nor do I really need to. I'm just happy knowing that it happens. Well, have you ever gotten to work after somebody's made coffee and they make it either really, really strong or really, really weak because they don't know how to make it. <laughs> I mean, it's happened to my work. Just start. You know, I can see that happening. Yeah. But if I just start swinging my sack at people, I get fired. Don't ever say swing in your sack again. (laughs) Sounds wrong. Um, All right. So should we get into a couple tips and tricks here? Yeah, absolutely. Tips and tricks. Okay. Um, So I couldn't find a whole lot for this. Like we kind of described, it's a pretty straightforward game. Um, Mm -hmm. As Nick even said, what you see is what you get. There's not a whole lot of hidden secrets to it, unless perhaps saving all of the reindeer does something. Um, if it does, yeah, I don't know it. Um, but what I was able to discover is that there is a level select option oh, okay. for the 
Super NES version and the Genesis. Uh, it's slightly different, but I'll give it give you both of them. Um, if you're playing the SNES version, then what you want to do is press B A down left A at the title screen. Uh, it kind of flashes and A. Sorry, that was my game show TV moment there. <laughs> um, it says A down left A. The the screen will flash, then you press start, and it brings up a whole new screen where you can actually visually see what level you're going to. So it's not like all those others where you have to count how many times you pressed B and then hope you got the right yeah. one to get to the right level. But um, yeah, you can pick any of the 25 levels. It actually even tells you like the name of the level you know that you're going to. So if you specifically remembered that the ice cave was where you want to play, like you get the option. Yeah. Um, Genesis works basically the same way. It's just a different code. Uh, press C, A, right, left, right, up, left, A, right. And the levels C, A, right, left, right, up, left, A, right. Hmm. That's a lot more complex than the Super NES one. Yes. Hmm. Um, And then same thing. The level select screen appears, and you can pick what you want um, from there. So 24 stages. None of them are too long, and you can get through them without too much difficulty. So you shouldn't need to use the stage select to get past trouble spots. But if there are some that you remember being more fun or entertaining then go for it yeah i i think overall some of the levels tend to repeat after a little while and yeah. having 24 25 levels that are all kind of similar in some ways is maybe a little repetitive um it might have been they could have shortened it just a little bit but uh well and i think the level select could be fun levels i think so right yeah that's true yeah uh level select i think could also be fun if you just want to do a boss run or just yeah, do the yeah. present present drop yeah, stages present runs, yeah so uh, yeah, that's all I could really find. There's not a whole lot to this game, like I said, and the amount of information that's out there for it is incredibly minimal. Right. Um, it took me yeah, a I mean, long time to find a scan of the instruction manual, which it's only you know a couple of pages and gives very very little information at all. Yeah. So there's really very little out there. Um, and you know the the one playthrough I did didn't really give me a whole lot more to work with. So. Mm. Yeah, it's just, and there's a lot on, I mean, obviously in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of focus on this game on uh, a lot of playthroughs on YouTube and other uh, other retro gaming shows talking about it, which is cool. Uh, but at the time that this came out, I don't think, like I said, I, I had certainly never heard of it and I uh, didn't really know anything about it until just recently. So I'm sure there's some people that did play this growing up or uh, had a copy originally. I hope they still have it now because it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I don't have a whole lot more to talk about on this. Do you? I can't really think of anything. I mean, I I feel like like we've given this a pretty fair shake. Yeah, I think we've said all that needs to be said. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but that's fine. That'll give you time to go home and put on Krampus or Christmas vacation or something fun. Yeah. Or if you're Scott, you just swing your sack around. Whatever. <laughs> you know. I'm not judging. It's fine. I I, I got to make the day go by somehow. <laughs> well, you know. All right. So hope this satisfied the uh, holiday itch that some people might have. Um, If you know of any other Christmas themed games, maybe that we missed that are also worth checking out, you should uh, write into us and let us know. And Wes, if they wanted to do that, how would they go about that? There's plenty of ways to do that. Uh, So we're on Facebook. We've got a group on there, Graveyard Duck Podcast. Uh, We're on Twitter at Duck Graveyard. 
you can send us an email, graybeard.podcast at gmail.com as well. So um, like I said, we'd love to hear from you and just kind of um, hear sort of your thoughts and memories of, of games like this. And if you've played Days Before Christmas or if you've never heard of it or if you enjoyed it after you listened to us, you know, we'd love to hear that too. So, um, you know, drop us a line. And if you like the show, by all means, please leave us an iTunes review. That would definitely help us in the rankings. So, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, we, we enjoy discovering these uh, hidden gems that, uh, you know, that we haven't played. So um, we hope that, that you've enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, finding these obscure games that we've never heard of before is half the fun of doing the podcast. So, Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I think we got another good one next week. This was one that, you know, satisfies both of our uh, desires. This is one of your all-time favorites, but also yeah. it's one that I have never played before. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite obscure uh, systems of the um, 8 16-bit era, I guess. So, yeah. like I said, I, I like obscure niche stuff, and I think that this kind of fits the bill a little bit. So, um, I think you'll enjoy the next show. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. And until that point, I'm Scott. And I'm Wes. And I just have one question. Will Christmas morning be a happy day or one greeted with shock and dismay? It's all up to you in the days before Christmas. Game over.